podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello. You might notice that we're we're short a person. Um, so you might notice that Bree's not here. Um, she has decided to take a leave of absence. She's got a lot going on in her life. And we just told her, like, if this isn't fitting in with her life right now, um, it was just kind of time for her to step back. And she agreed. Um, so when she's ready, she'll jump back in and we'll continue our normal rotation with all three of us. Uh, but for now, you get just me and Amanda, who, I mean, we're the troublemakers here. Amanda, all I can see is your face in the screen behind you. <laughs> there's three, there's two and a half faces right now. <laughs> there are so many faces on your screen right now. Okay. I can turn it here. I got my Google, <laughs> my Google hub working and uh, it scrolls through my pictures. And because... If you're like me, you take 4,000 selfies and then pick one to upload. So most of the photos that it goes through are mine. And then my husband, child, and other family members come second. So, <laughs> okay, hi, so it so. me, egotistical. <laughs> so all I could see was just like, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, so back to Bree. She just, she's got a lot going on. So she'll jump back in when she's ready. Um, for now, Amanda and I will continue rotating true crime, paranormal, true crime, paranormal. But now you can just anticipate me and Amanda. Welcome and to our... the Thunderdome. Thunderdome. <laughs> oh, we're going to be in trouble if it's just me and you. Podfather, this, I should take this time to apologize in advance. And I will take this time to not do that. <laughs> I don't know what you're po- apologizing for. I don't even apologize to him everything he's my own Just father having a podcast at all i apologize oh yeah i'm sorry dad that i torment you with this every single week it's by your own choosing though so yeah, i was gonna say you're the one that keeps listening i have not forced you to i told you about it and you're like okay i'm gonna listen and that's that's what happened i think he likes us i think there's something to it <laughs> <laughs> are you doing amanda we just had a what a three-week break where we haven't really talked yeah uh because when we're not talking i basically ignore y'all no not mm-hmm. really. um, i just have one friend and she's obviously very upset right now she's always upset it's because you promised her your soul on two different occasions i gave her a kidney okay <laughs> i actually if we're being honest here i gave her her life so that I feel wasn't like enough you- you could be a little more appreciative, but she's not because she's my child. And my mother always told me that it comes back twofold. <laughs> and she wasn't lying. <laughs> no, she's been a little a little upset because uh, she, I can't remember if I told you she has fluid on her ears. And it rings a bell, but I also don't remember. Yeah. The doctor said that it wasn't infected yet. Um but I'm starting to think that we might not have caught it in time and it might be infected. Oh, so she's not having it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. It's been about a week now. So I'll be calling the doctor tomorrow and begging them, hey, fix my child. Factory reset, please. Yes. Like, do, <laughs> what do I need to, like, hold her nose for 10 seconds? What do I do? Um. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think I've already told you that Cody and I booked a cruise and that's been about the highlight of my life. I mean, hey, that's exciting. I've never been on a cruise. Oh, I've been on a boat in the ocean, but that was to catch fish. We're not going to be catching fish. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you do that on a cruise. You can on one of the excursions. So you oh. get off the boat to get on a smaller boat to go fish. 
Oh, we need to book a cruise. We actually, yeah. um, we, we got a really good deal on it. So, um, we're going to go sometime, it's later this year. I don't really want to tell people when, just because I don't want people knowing when my house is vacated. Um, but anyways, <laughs> we're going later this year. And um, we're actually looking at excursions right now. And one of the excursions we decided we want to do is uh, swim with the dolphins. Oh, that's going to be fun. So excited. So that's going to be our last big shebang before we start uh, IVF treatments. So one of the to make this about myself. um, Okay, please do. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Congratulations. Uh, But when people say like swim with the dolphins, that's something I've never done. However, growing up so incredibly close to an ocean, I remember going out and fishing uh, in like Alabama, Mississippi waters. And if you go far enough out, which is not far, you can definitely still see and swim to the land if necessary. But we actually took James this last time. You can go like putt around or just ride around in the boat and the dolphins will actually come up and swim with the boat. So as you're driving, there'll be like dolphins on both sides. It's terrifying because I'm so scared. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, Mr. Dolphin, I'm going to shave your 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 fin here. Yeah, that would make me a lot very stressed. Yeah. Like. But it is super cool because like, you can see them jump in and just drive out towards them and then they'll just swim along with your boat wherever you're going. It's pretty, pretty yeah. fun and definitely something like I appreciate and I recognize that a lot of people don't get to have that. Mm-hmm. So I moved yeah. away from it. Yeah. I'm excited because I don't live next to the ocean. Like I'm landlocked here. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of people are like, well, you can't swim with the dolphins. That's bad. But the place that it's at, the ocean world. I actually was looking and they're like certified. They're a very humane place. I, I can't remember the certification they have, but it was like something about being humane. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll be there for it. So, yeah. I mean, you have to realize too, like in areas like that, a lot of times these animals just get used to humans and especially dolphins. Dolphins are so social. I'm pretty sure they don't hate humans. I hope they don't because I'm going to be swimming with at least one of them. So, they hate humans. I don't speak dolphin, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm just kind of here for the party. So, all right. Well, well. So since Bree's not here, we're gonna start our rotation. Um, Amanda's gonna be doing true crime today, and then I will be doing paranormal, and then we'll just start alternating from there. So if you guys can't follow along with that, I don't know how to help you. I could barely follow along with all three of us. I can do this one. So, uh, Amanda, whenever she's ready, she's going to take over for her <clears throat> true crime today. Okay. She was quiet well, before. Annie's I not ready for it. Um, she does look comfy. Hey, we've done a lot of research on this story. That's probably why. She's like, look, I've watched so many documentaries, woman. I'm tired of this. Is it H.H. Holmes? It's not. No. Oh, okay. Uh, it's going to be like, is- you can't release that yet. I'm not ready. <laughs> it's arguably more infuriating. Um, so this is a legal case. Um, I can't remember what I put it down as because I don't, I don't know what it would be considered. I feel like it's, uh, gross negligence from a corporation. This is a story of Stella May Liebeck. Now that name might not sound familiar, but have you ever heard of the McDonald's coffee lawsuit? Yes. Perfect. What have you heard about this? Not a lot. So what do you know? It's, it's something with McDonald's and a lawsuit. That's about all that was retained in my head for I, I gave up knowing. Oh, this happened in 1992. So I was a whole two years old. So 
long time. Oh, God. 30 years ago. Al, stake to my heart. Okay. You said it, not me. <sighs> I'm just going to jump right into it. Okay, um, I'm ready. Stella May Liebeck. She was born Stella May Shreve. And I'm not sure where she was born because there was conflicting accounts. Some sources say she was born December 14th, 1912 in Norwich, England. And some other sources like, um, for example, the 1940 New York census said that she was born in New York. Now, both of her parents were born in England and they both died in the U.S. So my guess is at some point in time, either her parents or her with her parents, they immigrated to the United States and they settled in New York. Her parents were were Robert J. Shreve and Ethel Teresa Meadows. Now, that 1940 census that I found, she was 27, according to the census, and she was married, living in Tawanda, Erie, New York, and she had one daughter at the time. This census also states that she got married at 22, and that is the source that stated she was born in New York. So either way, she was married to Henry Gerhardt Liebeck. He was born in New York. I really love that last name. I love any name with a good RDT in it. Like, just that little, like, that just, I don't know. I just love it. (laughs) Anything not American in name, I love it. Oh, so is that why you married James? Yeah, that's why I married James and named my daughter a Korean name. Sounds about right. Yeah. Also, I'm a secret hippie. It's just, it's, I, it all works out. I don't think it was a secret. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> now, her husband, Henry, he passed away in 1991, and that was a year before all this happened, which is just adding insult to injury because this poor woman, she goes through it, okay? In 1992, Stella was healthy, she was active, she was articulate, and most importantly, she had never filed a lawsuit before. She had a full-time job, up to a week before this incident, she worked at a department store. And from what I found, she quit to move closer to her daughter in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Her children said that at the time she did drive and she drove well. She was, I mean, she was 79 when this happened. So homegirl was like, you know, she was doing the damn thing. Yeah. She was also known, or I'm sorry, she also wasn't known or prone to spill things. Now, the morning of February 27th, 1992, they go to McDonald's at 5001 Gibson Boulevard Southeast in Albuquerque, New Mexico. A lot of the the news reports and people that you talk to, they'll say that she was driving and she spilled this coffee. She was driving with it between her legs and she... No. What happened is she was the passenger in her grandson's 1989 Ford Probe. And they pull up to McDonald's and they go through the drive-thru. Well, the Ford Probe, he said, it didn't have cup cup holders. And I googled it. It does not. That story Googed it? Out. You googled, googled it? it? Okay. That's literally what I said in my notes. G-O-O-G apostrophe D. Because <laughs> shorthand, I guess. I don't know. Her grandson was shown in an interview with Hot Coffee. Or in an interview called Hot Coffee. And you can watch that for free on Pluto TV. Really good documentary. Uh, not about Stella. It is about tort reform, and it will infuriate you. I 1,000% recommend this documentary. Okay. It was, yeah, it was interesting. I have written down it interesting, infuriating, and kind of boring and disheartening all at the same time. Watch it. Okay. 
So they go through the drive-thru and they get their food. And her grandson says, since they don't have cup holders and he knows he's going to be, he is going to be driving while he's eating. He pulls into a parking spot because he also knows that his grandma likes cream and sugar in her coffee. She don't drink it black. So they pull into this parking spot and they're getting situated. And all of a sudden, Stella just starts screaming. And what had happened was she spilt the coffee. She had it between her knees to steady it. And when she tried to take the lid off the cup, it spilt in the seat. She she got out of the car as fast as she can. But this lady's 79 years old. Okay. I have an SUV and I have trouble getting out of my car quickly at 32. So, okay. Yeah, no, I don't think there's, like, what's the definition of quick, I guess, is my thing. Like, I don't feel like anyone gets out of a car that quick. Exactly. Especially when you've just dumped something on you. Right. So the coffee spilled all over her lap and it even ended up pulling in the seat. And we've all been there. Uh, You're driving to work. You're literally pulling in when somebody cuts you off. So you turn too hard into the parking lot. Your coffee spills all over you. Now you got to go home and change. You're late to work. I'm still bitter about this situation. But you look over and there's a man-made lake in your car seat from this liquid, whatever it may be. Unfortunately, Stella also had on sweatpants that day, so they soaked up this coffee and held it against her skin. She was able to eventually get the pants off. Her grandson luckily found a sheet in the back seat, and he kind of like wrapped it around her. And he said that she went into shock, so he drove immediately to the hospital. She was in the hospital for eight days. Or burned? Like, how the hell hot was that coffee? Oh, we're going to get into this. 16% of Stella's body, specifically her inner thighs, buttocks, and groin, had been burned by this coffee. And six of that 16% were third-degree burns. And I'm going to drop a couple more photos. Oh, yeah. Um, We're also doing this thing where we're not putting photos in beforehand to really just fuck with each other. Oh, yeah. And girl. So the first photo is obviously a picture of Stella Liebeck. These are photos of her burns from this McDonald's coffee. (gasps) Oh my God. Mm -hmm. From coffee. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God, this poor woman. Holy shit. The third photo is a picture of the skin grafts because they had to take Healthy skin, which is basically what a skin graft is, they had to take healthy skin from the outside of her leg and attach that skin to the inside because the burns were so deep. They were actually showing um, muscle and fatty tissue. What? Oh my, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, she, look how tiny she is. Like if it showed my fatty tissue, that's not hard because I'm just, there's, it's everywhere, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But for her, she's like this big, she's tiny. Another source, I didn't include it because I don't know how accurate this is. I could only find it in one space, but I'm going to say it anyway. One source, and that source is Wikipedia. We all know Wikipedia is kind of iffy. They stated that she was 100 pounds when she went into the hospital. And when she got out, she was, I think, 83. She lost 20 pounds, which that's like 20% of her body fat. Mm -hmm. Just from this incident, from being in a bed for eight days, like... And also, I can very easily see, like, being in so much pain that you're not able to eat from these. Like, these are, spoiler alert, they are a little graphic. Uh, They are. Um, 
spoiler alert, out. I may not be posting those on Instagram. Yeah, there you can Google it. Um, very easy to find, but this is just like, oh God, y'all, this is bad. Oh, they're so bad. Oh, <laughs> oh God, this poor woman. So, like oh, I said, she was in the hospital for eight days. After being released, she required care for three weeks, but her recovery extended two years beyond that. She was permanently disfigured, and she was partially disabled for those two years. What Stella, the hell? From her children, she wrote a letter to McDonald's requesting three things. They asked her to, or they asked McDonald's, please look into this situation. Like, you know, this is what happened. They told them everything that happened in pretty good detail. Um, can you check the machine? Can you check the temperature? Is it malfunctioning? Is it working properly? You know, just, just look into this. Second, they asked them to change their policy, lower the holding temperature that you hold your coffee at. And third, can you pay my medical bills? All of this seems completely legitimate to me. Yeah. At the time, she asked for $20,000. Okay. $20,000? $20,000. That's it. Okay, that's not a lot. Like, I feel no. like eight days in the hospital. Extent, what year was this again? 92. 92, right. So you're talking. I looked it up. Inflation was like 106%. So basically just double it. And that's roughly. So today she would have been asking for 40000 But I still feel like that's not a lot for like eight days in the hospital. Plus you said it ended up being three years of her two years. recovery. Two years of recovery. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a, a breakdown. Lot which is how they come to that. So 10,500 was how much she owed. $10,500 was how much she owed at the date. This letter was written okay. and they were expecting another 2,500 somewhere around in there for the skin graft. They needed 5,000 for her daughter missing work because for that three weeks after she was released, the care, her daughter took care of her for those three weeks. This came out to approximately $18,500, and I assume that other 2000 was because we all know, like, you know, with Medicaid, Medicare, insurances, you never really know how much until you get that bill, sometimes months later. Like, I just got a bill last week for my daughter who was born in November, okay? It's May. So, <laughs> this 49-cent cup of coffee ended up costing Stella Liebeck about $20,000 in medical bills. Obvious pain and suffering, and also obvious mental distress. That, that's a very expensive cup of coffee. Why do people mm-hmm. even drink it anymore? Like, okay, don't say Amanda. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. Um, Real unnecessary. This right. is why it's for my own safety. I'm going to spill it and be two in McDonald's or Starbucks or wh- whoever the hell. Well, I can tell you one thing I, I don't drink my coffee this hot. I don't know if it's possible from what I researched. But you still haven't told me how hot it is. Oh, God. We're about to get into all that. So McDonald's did respond and they offered her $800. The $800? Yes. That's not even... What? Mm Mm-hmm. Hold Um, on, hold on, hold on. Wait. Why? Don't know. They offered her $800 and refused to raise it. McDonald's, you can afford it. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that, too. (laughs) so stella gets a lawyer obviously and specifically she gets reed morgan who was lead counsel on the case and they invited ken wagner to 
represents Stella. For my understanding, Ken Wagner was a lawyer out of Texas, and he had actually gone up against McDonald's in, I believe, at least two other cases from what I researched, and won settlements because his clients were burned by this coffee. Now, hey, this isn't the first time. Oh, no, we'll get into that. <laughs> I know I keep saying that. But <laughs> you keep saying that, and I feel like we're not getting into it. So they filed a suit in the U.S. District Court of New Mexico. They accused McDonald's of gross negligence for selling coffee that was, quote, unreasonably dangerous and effectively manufactured. They, again, offered to settle this time for 90000 Again, she has a lawyer. We've got fees involved, so it's going to go up. And McDonald's refused. And then from what I found, right before they took this to court, this, uh, they said that Morgan offered another settlement of $300,000. And a mediator suggested that they settle for $225,000. And McDonald's refused both. Uh, $300,000 is the settlement? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. it keeps going up. Because, I mean... His fees, and he's like, all yeah. right, let's... We'll play ball. We'll start. Yeah. I mean, this uh, honestly is kind of insulting. So I get it. Yeah, I get it. She didn't ask for much. Pay my medical bills. That's it. Check your machines. Make sure it's not going to happen again. Yes. Pay my medical bills. Like, So they're in court from August 8th to the 17th in 1994. Two years later, they go to court and a lot of stuff happens in court. It is revealed that it is company policy to brew coffee, brew it at 195 to 205 degrees Fahrenheit, and then hold it at 180 to 190 degrees Fahrenheit. Why does that seem way too high? Liebeck's attorneys argued that it should never be served over 140 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 60 degrees Celsius. They also presented evidence that they had tested coffee all over the city and it was at least 20 degrees cooler than McDonald's. They had an expert testify that liquids at a temperature of 190 degrees can cause third degree burns in two to three seconds. Um, 180 degrees Fahrenheit would take about 12 to 15 seconds. Now they argued that if you lower this coffee to 160 degrees Fahrenheit, it would take about 20 seconds to get burns, uh, third degree burns. And they argued that this extra time could be dire in removing the coffee from exposed skin. So either what getting happened? out. Yeah, this is 20 seconds to get out of the car, get your clothes off, all of this other stuff, you know, whatever you need to do to get the coffee off of you. <laughs> McDonald's claimed they kept the coffee that hot because people, they want it that hot. No they one wants it that hot. If it's going to cause third degree burns on your skin, when you drink it that hot, you're going to get third fucking degree burns in your throat and stomach and mouth and all everything. They claim that people typically get it on their commute and they want it to stay hot for the ride until they get to work or wherever they're going. That sounds like a not McDonald's problem. Oh, well... Research came out in this trial that McDonald's had done showing most people drink it immediately while they're driving. So I don't understand why you're going to ignore this research. They also claimed that McDonald's had a really good reason to serve coffee that hot. And it's because 180 to 190 degrees Fahrenheit is, and this is a quote, 
the industrial standard based on the maximum extraction of the flavor and the max holding temperature. <clears throat> huh? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Basically, coffee experts say, ugh, I researched all this too. Coffee experts say that whatever temperature you brew your coffee at and the temperature that you hold it and drink it at does affect the taste of your coffee. Right. Um, but that being said, I can't speak for everybody. I do not drink my coffee at 180 degrees. That's just me. I would prefer my coffee not be at 180 degrees. And actually, about what X Man is what X Man is drinking their coffee that hot? Uh, is there an X Man without taste buds? I think because taste all buds of them only would... live like 10 days. I'm not trying to burn them off in four. I, I don't know for sure on that one. And for the sake of science, not really, uh, <laughs> I brewed a cup of coffee uh, about 15 minutes before we started recording, and I tested it. My coffee pot, I have a Ninja, it brews it at 177 degrees. When, it come, when I take it out before I put anything in it, which I prefer my coffee black, however... I have started adding milk to it because I have a child on my hip 24-7. So uh, when I added the milk, it's like 133. And that to me is still like a little too hot. I'm still slurping. So I don't know who in God's green earth is drinking 200 degree coffee. What's that movie? It's a superhero movie. And I just remember one guy goes up in flames and that's his power. And not Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah, Yeah, that one. That's all I'm imagining is he just goes into his fire mode to drink his coffee at 180 degrees. Honestly, yeah, because, I mean, water boils at 212 Fahrenheit. Why are you drinking something at 180? Now, oh, okay. To answer another question that you asked earlier, records were presented that showed over 700 complaints were filed between January of 83 and March of 92 about being burned by the coffee at McDonald's. Some Wait, of these, many? Uh, over 700. Okay, okay, sorry. Some of these cases were settled out of court for, for money, and the highest one was about $500,000. So why they refused to give Stella Liebeck 20 grand, no clue. From what I could find, this 500,000 one was one example where the employee was passing it out the window and dropped it on a customer. So I guess that had something to do with it. But there were other ones where the people were more at fault that they settled out of court. So I don't know why they just wouldn't give this lady what she needed to pay her medical bills. That's all she's asking. like. And she I mean, maintained that for as long as she could. I'll say that. <clears throat> we'll get into it. Until she gets a lawyer and they're like, oh, sweetheart, no, no, we're going for much, much more. So the McDonald's quality assistance manager at the time, Christopher Appleton, uh, yeah, he testified that McDonald's knew about the issue, but that, and this is a quote, there were more serious dangers in restaurants. Like what? He also testified that they never consulted burn experts about the burns. McDonald's had decided not to warn customers about the possibility of these severe burns that their coffees were causing, even though they knew most people wouldn't think that you could be burned like that from coffee. Hello, I didn't. 
He didn't either. He also testified McDonald's didn't intend to change any of his coffee policies or procedures. That that's kind of where it's like, um, maybe you should probably change those because people are physically suing you. That doesn't make sense to continue to have lawsuits like this because you won't change your policy around damn coffee. I'm glad you said that. Now, Appleton was also shown in hot coffee. It looked like a previously recorded interview. I didn't say what this interview was. Was it like a deposition? Possibly. Okay. But this guy, he can kick rocks, okay? Because he, if you watch this documentary for nothing more than to see this interview, do it. Because, oh, it's infuriating. He says, I can't say I'm surprised or not surprised. Um, I'm glad the number is not higher in reference to these 700 people that have been burned by the coffee that we know of. This is just the people that spoke up about it. And when the interviewer asked him if somebody can even drink coffee at 180 to 190 degrees or if they'd get burned, he chuckled and said with a smirk, you better not do that. You will get burned. Oh, sir. Okay. Sir. Dr. Robert Naff, a human factors engineer, testified on behalf of the defense. And from what I can gather, a human factors engineer is somebody who basically makes products or systems easier to use. Okay. When I, have, I have a question that just came into my head that I don't know why it took so long for it to click, but it's clicking now. How? How do people know that serving coffee at like, I don't know, let's say 180 degrees or whatever the hell you said earlier for the flavor... How do they know it has a better flavor if no one can taste it because you're going to burn your taste buds and throat along the way? Absolutely no idea. Okay. Okay. I guess there's some people that have superhuman taste buds. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of the people that like, if I eat something too hot, then I just won't taste for three days. And I do Uh that a lot. I wait until I'm starving to eat. So I frequently don't taste things. Right. I'm the same way. I mean, Uh, I should say frequently, but... Oh, no, for me, it's frequently. But now it's her fault that I'm eating fast. (laughs) So Dr. Robert Naff, he claimed the number of burns were, and another quote, statistically insignificant, which, okay, this is a, these are people. This, this woman you're looking at right now, supposedly, when you say this, this statistically insignificant, it's not a statistic, it's a person. Yeah. And plus, he made 15 grand in fees for saying that in court. So. How, you know, you're not only statistically insignificant. Yeah, not only are these people that you're talking about, but like one out of every Capri Sun, one out of every case of Capri Suns that I buy, I have to shotgun it because I stabbed through the Capri Sun. So how about you go do your job, sir? Because you're obviously not great at it because I'm still having this problem. That is, that feels like a personal vendetta. I'm I'm real bitter today, okay? I don't like, (laughs) like me and James, we do not eat at McDonald's. I ate there a little, like, begrudgingly when I still worked animal control because it was the only place, like, relatively close. But if we can stand it, we do not eat there for a plethora of other reasons. This is just a big one. Right. Um, yeah, the, they claim that statistically there was one burn in every 24 million cups sold. What? That yeah. feels... In fully, that feels like a phony statistic i meant to do this earlier but i didn't so i just googled it um 
Okay, so one in 24 million cups resulted in a burn. Uh, but as of November of 2018, McDonald's sold 500 million cups of coffee a day. So that doesn't seem statistically insignificant to me. Right. Uh, they continuously, McDonald's, they continuously denied any responsibility. And as if they couldn't get shitty enough, they blamed Stella. They suggested she contributed to her injuries by holding the cup between her legs and not removing her clothing immediately. She's literally in the parking lot of your restaurant. And she's 79. That makes uh, no and sense. First of all, why does her clothing matter? Right? They, they, I guess they're claiming like, oh, well, if you would have took your clothes off faster, the coffee wouldn't have burned you that bad. Well, maybe if the coffee was not quite as hot, it wouldn't have burned me as mad. Thank you. I'm not they supposed also, to be stripping in public. Oh, if that didn't infuriate you? <laughs> they also said, and this is a quote, Mrs. Liebeck's age may have caused her injuries to have been worse than they might have been in a younger individual. Fuck right on off. How dare you drink coffee when you're 80 years old? What the f Excuse me? How dare you spill coffee on you at 80 years old and struggle mm -hmm. to get out of the car in a timely fashion right this is your fault because you're not younger how dare you i'm sorry science is still working on that for me to just take keep me in the 20s forever so yeah, right when mcdonald's can fix that i will accept that as an argument i might go get some chicken nuggets but until then i'm just gonna <laughs> get the spicy ones from wendy's so Speaking of, I just told my husband to get me food on his way home, and he went McDonald's, and I went, you know, do McDonald's, do Wendy's. <laughs> Go on. So, August 18th, 1994, a jury of 12 people, six women and six men, they deliberated for four hours, and they were unanimous that using comparative negligence, McDonald's is 80% at fault, and Stella was 20% at fault. And comparative negligence is basically when a plaintiff wins, but they share fault. So their amount, if they win, is diminished. Or I should say an amount when they win is diminished because she did hold some fault because she did spill it on, their, on herself. I can, I can agree with that. I can see that, that rationale there. I get it. I still feel like accidents happen. I feel like it would have been more like 10-90 split. Not I can see that. Yeah. Now... McDonald's was, or I'm sorry, due to Stella being found 20% at fault, they reduced the amount, like she originally asked for 200,000. They reduced it to 100. Huh? I thought it was 300,000. Oh, no, that was they, what they were trying to settle for. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So she, they awarded her 200,000 and, oh, God, I hate this word, compensatory damages. And since she was 20% at fault, they reduced that to 160000 Since McDonald's was 80% at fault, they did have to pay Stella. But the jury wasn't finished. They assigned $2.7 million in punitive damages because they felt that McDonald's engaged in willful, reckless, malicious, and wanton conduct. Now, punitive damages... This is basically something that's assigned specifically to punish the defendant for outrageous contact, refer or outrageous conduct, reformation, stuff like that. This is not something that Stella asked for. This is something that the jury assigned. And they came to this number because $2.7 million 
was what they made in two days on coffee profits alone. Hot damn. I I see what you did there. (laughs) So the judge, he reduced the punitive damages to 480,000 from that 2.7 million. And the total awarded payment was $640,000 to Stella. Both Stella and McDonald's appealed this decision in December of 94, that same year, and they both settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. It is rumored that Stella got about $500,000, but McDonald's made Stella sign an NDA so she could not talk about what happened, at least in regards to the 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 settlement. settlement. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple jury members, they were quoted on this case. And at the beginning, one jury member said that he wasn't convinced as to why he needed to be there to settle a coffee spill, which is what most of America, that's the conclusion they've kind of came to. But after they were shown these pictures of her burns, Another one said, it made me come home and tell my wife and daughters, don't drink coffee in the car, at least not hot. Another woman throughout the progression of this trial, or I'm sorry, this is a gentleman. He said, throughout the trial, he realized that the case was about a callous disregard for the safety of the people. Agree. Agreed, yeah. And another woman, this is two different quotes from her. There was a person behind every number, and I don't think that the corporation was attaching enough importance for that. And she also said, the facts were so overwhelmingly against the company, they were not taking care of their, of their consumer. Again, agreed. Unfortunately, Stella struggled the rest of her life. Like I said earlier, she was permanently disfigured. Her family claims that she never fully regained her strength from before she had this accident. And again, she was 80 years old, okay? Any time in the hospital, it's going to be difficult for an 80-year-old to get over, especially one this... I, it's pretty extreme. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe this. Um, they also said that for her quality of life was diminished because for the rest of her life, she felt like people were coming at her because the media... They were ruthless. They basically grabbed on to the original headline of 2.7 million for spilling hot coffee and just ran with it. And they they kind of demonized this woman. How? Let me tell you. She was misrepresented in multiple ways. She was portrayed as greedy, at fault, lazy, just trying to make a quick buck politicians used her incorrect story to push their own agendas for tort reform and caps on damages in lawsuits sitcoms and late night tv personalities they made fun of her and she became a poster child for frivolous litigation or excessive lawsuits there's still a thing nowadays that people call the stella awards which Go to hell. The Stella Awards are basically awarded to people that win lawsuits that are seen as frivolous or something like that. I don't understand where people being hurt or damaged or something like that from a company is a frivolous lawsuit. Maybe that's just me. I'm not sure. 
It just doesn't make sense. People still nowadays get this detail wrong. I'm still arguing with people being like, uh, no, she wasn't driving, sir or madam. Mm-hmm. And from what her family claims, her settlement paid for a live-in nurse. But she still, like, ever since then, her quality of life was just kind of kaput. That sucks. And some people claimed that McDonald's did lower their coffee temp due to this uh, lawsuit. (laughs) And some people claim they didn't. So for the sake of journalism, I called my local McDonald's and I was like, hey, what temperature do you hold their coffee at? Do you have a guess as to what temperature? 160. 200 degrees. God damn it. I was hoping. (laughs) Yeah, 200 Mm. degrees. And I was like, that's the whole temperature? And she's like, yes, ma'am. Cool. Thanks for your help. Oh, I can't. I can't. So that is the very ridiculously unfortunate story of Stella Liebeck. And one of the multiple reasons why me and my husband do not eat at McDonald's. Well, thanks the latte for that. <laughs> I'm holding it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. My jokes make me laugh. Um, Cause you know, sip happens. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll stop with the dumb puns. Um, I appreciate them. Please continue. Um, I don't have any more right now. We're just living La Vida Mocha. <laughs> Please tell me you are reading these off of a Google Doc and uh, inserting them into conversation on the spot. Sure am. I am. Love it. <laughs> this is why we're from. We're the perfect blend. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm sorry. Those shouldn't have made me laugh how they did, but they did. So um, don't no, worry. I'm just sorry. be frappe. <laughs> love it all right well thank you for that story it was quite a lot um yeah well here we go all right so i have a story for you and i'm gonna start off by having you close your eyes and just imagine the scenario you don't have to close your eyes our listeners have to close their eyes pull over close your eyes and just imagine going to a car boot sale do you know what a car boot sale is it's like a swap meet or a swap market or like a fair or like a communal yard sale. Basically like. Like a trunk or treat for adults. Kind of, but you have to like pay for the items there. Yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't go. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> that's what it is. Now you go to this car boot sale and you find a doll and you're like, hey, this is a pretty cool doll. So you buy it and you take it home. God. <laughs> Uh, shortly after you bring it home, you start feeling just a little off. Uh, you feel um, like you're losing all the all of your peace and all of your luck. You begin hearing footsteps outside of your bedroom door. You start seeing a figure. Not. You start seeing a figure at the end of your bed. You start waking up at three a.m. every night. You hear scratching from within the walls. Uh, and what do you do when there's trouble a brewing? I really hope a cat just got into your house and had kittens in your wall. Uh, you call a priest when there's trouble a brewing like this, right? Yeah, not animal control. Not animal control, unless you can yeah. prove it's an animal. Yeah. You call well, even then, they don't they don't go in walls. Don't call them. Oh, okay. Call yeah. someone else. Call uh, your landlord. Y- yes. 
But this is all after you bring home a doll, so maybe connect dots here. So after you call a priest, how would you feel if that priest said, sorry, we can't exercise this doll? Pardon, mon frere? <laughs> they just can't exercise this doll. I don't speak French, but... Huh? What would you huh? do and how would you feel? Burn the doll and the priest. Oh, what did the priest have to do with this? He didn't help. He left me. He's just like, oh, sorry. Oh, no, he tried. He tried. Oh, okay. Sorry. Then don't burn the priest. Just leave like a flaming bag of doo-doo on his porch or something. It's a little far. Well, <clears throat> one woman did all of this, of course. Hence the re reason I'm bringing it up. Even the flaming doo-doo? Totally. The flaming doo-doo. Oh, I like her. Let's be friends. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um, we don't have her name. She is anonymous and I'm totally fine with that because she goes to this car boot sale and she comes to own the doll that we now know as Peggy the doll. Have you ever heard of Peggy the doll? I've never heard of Peggy. I hadn't either. And so I got really into it. There's not a lot on her because it was really, she was discovered in like 2014. So relatively recent. So Peggy the Doll, she was created in the 1960s, and she is known as the UK's most haunted doll. So sometime before 2014, an unnamed woman gets Peggy at this car boot sale. Soon after, she starts having the, uh, the explained negative experiences. She's struggling to sleep. She's hearing, um, hearing noises. She's waking up at 3 a.m. every morning, and she's just, she feels like she's losing it. And she... I mean, initially she was moving Peggy around the house and at, the, at this point, Peggy was not named Peggy. I'm just going to use that as her name. But she's moving Peggy the doll around the house and just trying to get some peace and it's just not working. And so she actually eventually takes Peggy to uh, out to like, I think of it as like a shed um, as what it's explained, but I think they called it an outhouse, like a brick outhouse. So I don't really know what the difference is. That's worse. Do you know yeah. what an outhouse is? Yeah, I know what an outhouse is. That's why I'm like, <laughs> oh, that might be why you're having some problems. Yeah, the way it was explained made me think like shed. So, uh, okay. You know, anyways, so she's so freaked out. She's not getting any help. She doesn't know what to do. And she has a final straw when she, this woman comes down with a mysterious illness. And this illness is coupled with hallucinations. And this poor woman, she's not sleeping. She's hearing things. She's losing it. So, <clears throat> where, where was I? Uh, the outhouse. Yes. No, I already talked about the outhouse. We were moving on to her losing it. Past the outhouse. So, yeah, past the outhouse. So, this woman reaches out to paranormal investigator Jane Harris in 2014. So Jane gets this email and she kind of reads through it and she's like, okay, this feels urgent, like how it's worded. It just feels urgent. And so Jane and her team, they decide, okay, we're going to go out there. And they saddle up and they schedule a time to visit. Her team consisted of Jane herself, her husband, Simon, and a psychic medium, Hazel Myers. Now, while they're on their way to, <clears throat> to this doll, Hazel My Myers describes kind of how she was feeling. She had like a routine. So they're en route to the investigation and she's asking for protection from her spirit guide or guides, but she just kind of had this strange feeling. And she described normally feeling like she called it a golden light around her when she would ask for that protection. But this time when she asked for help, 
she got a vision of a face of a man and they whispered they won't help to hazel that's i don't like no Mm -mm. yeah so she's just kind of feeling off she's like okay something weird is happening here and they they keep going now jane she is actually quoted saying in order to do the work i do well i have to approach each case as a skeptic initially and look for normal explanations for things so they're going Fair. out to this house and she's like, well, I mean, what if it's just a doll? Like, it very well could just be a doll. Okay. And she did go into it with that healthy dose of skepticism. And when they arrive, she did have some initial concerns of the woman that contacted them having mental health um, issues. Um, and the way she described it, it made it sound like Jane had some experience with like psychiatry or mental health, um, like in her career background. But I didn't okay. really get too much into that. And so she's kind of thinking, okay, this woman might be, like, mentally ill. Something might be going on because the woman is not letting them in her house. Like, she opened the door, and when they went to walk in, they, like, she closes the door and is like, oh, no, 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 don't come in. But didn't she contact them? Yes. Okay. So eventually, Jane's kind of, like, building up trust, and she's like, okay, well, what about this doll? And the woman's like, well, you're not coming in my house still. And they walk around back to what they, again, they called it a now house, but I'm calling it a shed. Okay. And they walk around back, and the lady's like, it's in there. I'm not going in. It's in there. And so Jane and her team are like, okay, well, one of us has to go in. So Hazel actually walks into the shed to get the doll, and Hazel is the medium. Hazel almost immediately, like, walks right out of the shed. She felt uneasy. She was dizzy, just not feeling well all of a sudden. And that was really out of character for Jane. Or not for Jane, for Hazel. So Jane, she goes in thinking, okay, I'll grab this doll. And when she goes in, she begins just having this ringing in her ears. And she's like, I don't know what the hell's happening. And Right. And this is actually the team's first experience with the doll Peggy. Jane and her team take possession of Peggy that day and they leave. Never to hear from the woman that contacted them again. Now, over the first few weeks, Peggy was unresponsive to the team. And so they were just kind of like, maybe it was mental illness. Maybe it was just our minds playing tricks on us, whatever it was. And blah, blah, blah. But then Jane, she starts suffering from severe fatigue, migraines, nausea, and dizziness. Like, within the first couple days of having Peggy there, she starts getting these migraines. And she's got this migraine that's lasting, I think it said two weeks. Oh, um, no. Apparently, my numlock wasn't on when I typed it in. So I don't know exactly how long. <laughs> um, it, was, it was blank weeks. It was blank weeks. Insert your imaginary number here. I'm fairly certain it was about two weeks. Look, either way, like after having a headache for like three days, I go to the doctor and I'm like, pop me with a steroid shot. So mm-hmm. uh, however, it, it could be one week and I would be like, girl, I feel you. So. Mm-hmm. Hell no. Maybe one day and I'd be like, I feel you. Like, it's fine. (laughs) But it gets to a point that Hazel actually goes on to remove the doll from Jane's home. And Jane starts feeling better. She's like, within a couple days, I was feeling back to normal. I was able to do all these things, take care of my kids. I was able to get out of bed. Like, just, it was a big difference for her. And so... She ends up asking Hazel or Hazel offers and they cast a psychic protection spell over her family. Jane's family just to kind of keep them safe. I need that friend. mm -hmm. And Jane goes on. She takes possession of the doll again. 
And they start doing more. So that was Mm -hmm. in late 2014 that they first got possession of Peggy the doll. In early 2015, after months of having Peggy in their possession, the team finally kind of posts a photo of Peggy online on Facebook. Okay. Within 48 hours. Oh, hold on. Let me put the. Go away, dog. I'm trying to do things. Let me put yeah, the. Yeah, I've seen up. like three dogs within the past couple <laughs> seconds. <laughs> There's one right there. <laughs> okay. Um, let me put my picture in really quick. I'm afraid to say anything negative. She's cute. I do um, think it's a cute doll. I think she's a very cute doll. I feel like I have seen photos of her cussing out managers in grocery stores. Her name is not Karen. Okay. She's I, like, I do feel like she's cute, but I do she's feel like doll. many, many Karens have given her a bad name. Yes. Yes, I agree. I also appreciate the red shoes and the red bow with no other red. I love it. I think it's precious. <laughs> I do think it's very cute. Well, you're not going to like me after I say this. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> so they post this photo online of Peggy. And within 48 hours of them posting this photo, the team had over 80 messages to their social media when they typically only had 12 submissions per month. Uh, uh, okay. Many of these submissions detail people getting sick with headaches, nausea, and fatigue after seeing photos of Peggy. Oh. Uh-huh. What the, why would you do the story today when I already have a headache? I already had it researched. It's not my fault. I didn't know you were going to have a headache. Dang. Oh my God. Is this why I have a headache? Probably. I got like pre-peggied. <laughs> Just kidding, Peggy. You're gorgeous. She is a very cute doll. I struggle because this is honestly a doll. Like, especially if she had brown hair, this is 110% a doll that I would buy for my daughter. Right. Like, I feel like it's a very cute doll. I don't, it's nothing Mm -hmm. crazy. It's not like Annabelle where it's not Annabelle, not Robert the doll where it's kind of creepy. It reminds me of like American Girl dolls. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't think Robert is creepy. I just, he's not a typical doll. Right, yeah, he's, uh, like, she's even made of plastic. She's very modern compared Mm -hmm. to uh, Robert and Annabelle and all the other dolls. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, so people are getting sick looking at her picture. Some of the submissions, I believe it said about 27, 21 or 27, something like that. A lot of the submissions were actually making a request to remove the cross that sat, uh, sat on Peggy's neck at that time. This is not the picture that was posted. Um, I just grabbed a picture. I didn't care to look for one with a cross. So that was kind of strange. And Peggy, she just allegedly wreaks havoc on people who watch her videos, stare at her, or really just are too close to her for too long. And so that's Peggy. Like She don't like people. I can relate. Mm-hmm. So a video of Peggy is released again, and just waves of messages come in after this video is released, detailing the same thing. Now, the interesting thing about these messages is that initially Jane and her team were like, is this a prank? What's going on? And they're like, was this like a group of kids that made up a bunch of emails and are like now just submitting all these things to us thinking it's funny? But they actually say that, first of all, no one could see these submissions. They're like private messages. So it's not like people are commenting and being like, oh, Peggy gave and it's just playing off of one another. 
These are people yeah. in private going back and forth saying, after seeing this picture, I got XYZ, XYZ, you know? And so it was just too coincidental to ignore. But they also did end up contacting most of the initial 80 people and verifying they are people. Like, th those are real people that were experiencing those, those symptoms. And so people tend to report headaches, nausea, anxiety, flashes of a mental institution or institutions, and treatment that borders on abuse with those flashes or those visions. Um, some oh. state that their light bulbs start flickering, their computer screens froze, and then they hear the feeling, hear and feel like someone was in the room with them. And that's all just after seeing a photo or a video of Peggy. All right, so I'm going to close this photo. <laughs> More than 80 people total reported chest pains. One person in particular, hey. Katrine Redick, claims that Peggy caused her heart attack. She states oh. she had no health concerns. She was a very healthy woman before that. Doctor, like, she did all the things and she didn't have any issues. Within minutes of her watching a video of Peggy, she went into cardiac arrest. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry to pause again. Uh, my ulcerative colitis is hitting. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm sorry, because I feel really bad now. Because uh, Peggy? I start, I start talking about Peggy, and then your ulcerative colitis starts acting up. <laughs> well, to be fair, I did have that thought when I was on the toilet. I was like, this bitch. But no. <laughs> to be fair, I usually microdose. So I'll take, like, one little hit three times a day, because I don't want it to affect her. But I didn't this morning, because I had headache, and that usually goes, it could go either way. I felt really I, bad though. I was I like, did oh, wonder. Oops. I did wonder. I was like, is this Peggy? But no, I had this problem way before Peggy. So not long after the photos were released and the videos, a ton of different psychic mediums end up reaching out. I only have a couple of their experiences, mostly because most of them are repetitive. Mm -hmm. And so there's one woman who reaches out and states that Peggy was mm -hmm. restless restless frustrated and possibly persecuted in life okay one medium chris crocker corber stated that while he was studying images of peggy he made contact with a spirit <clears throat> and he asked her some questions and these are his questions and answers he asked what is your name and she said peggy he said how old are you and she said 19 what year were you born and she said 1946 Oh, where, uh huh? Where do you live? Holland Park. How did you die? Asthma attack. Oh, Are God. you happy? No. Are you angry? Yes. Why are you angry? Not Christian. Do eh? you remember me mentioning how a bunch of people reached out and said they wanted to remove the cross that was on her neck? Oh, no. Uh huh. So, or the cross or crucifix, whatever you want to call it. So she's angry because she's not Christian, but she has a Christian artifact on her neck. Oh, I was wondering why, like, <laughs> like, who, what are you, what are you people doing? What do you, what do you want? But that, okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I would be that angry about something like that, but okay. If you're a demon, you might be that angry. That thought had not occurred to me. You were studying your worms so hard for a second there, too. I could just see you just. Because it popped into my head. Like, I was about to enjoy some sour gummy worms. 
And then you said that, and I was like, huh. Okay. Um, Another medium says that she believes that Peggy was born in the 1940s, which corroborates what Chris said. She's an English woman. They believe, sorry, they believe her to be of Jewish descent. Okay. Possibly has ties to the Holocaust. Ties back into her being persecuted in life. Um, She likely died due to a respiratory illness. Again, ties back to the asthma attack. Mm -hmm. And she strongly dislikes clowns. I don't know why. I just know she does. So based off of kind of all of that information, it's gathered that Peggy was born in the 1940s, an English woman. She died of an asthma attack, likely of Jewish, Jewish descent. Okay. Another medium states that they actually felt two entities within the doll. The first being Peggy and the other a man. She said the man never came forward, but she describes him as dark and nasty. And it's believed that this dark, nasty man is responsible for the negative things that happen to people. And so... Like my ulcerative colitis attack. uh Uh-huh. It wasn't (laughs) actually Peggy. It was the dark, nasty man. But everyone just kind of bundles them together. So there you have it. I have a weird question. Does Peggy ever get a Star of David necklace? Anybody ever? Not that I'm aware of. Somebody, I feel like. Um, From what I understood, she had an aversion to any religious artifact. So I don't know if that would count. And I don't know if that's necessarily Peggy or the other man. Okay. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. So might as well just take it off and be done. Um, Which they do end up taking it off, obviously. Um, soon after pictures are released, videos are released, it's discovered that Peggy could affect people's dreams. One woman tells of a dream she had where Peggy contacted her, warning her about one of her cats. They went into graphic detail. I did not go into that graphic detail. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Um, basic gist is she had a dream that Peggy warned her that her cat was being strangled by something. And the next morning, she wakes up and her cat was very ill. And it appears as though they had been strangled by something. And that cat passed away later that day. Um, But something. Something. Do we know if this is an inside or an outside cat? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. That information is pertinent as to how incredibly uncomfortable I am. But I'm already... I want to say it was an outside cat. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. If I'm being perfectly honest. I think the worst part of it is the dream aspect. And in Peggy's defense, she was warning you. She's like, your cat, dude, wake up. And here you are sleeping away. And then blaming Peggy for all these bad things. When she's... Okay, yeah. So, anyways. Um... Later on in 2015, Jane is advised by a priest to use holy water weekly and recite the prayer of St. Mi- uh, Michael the Archangel weekly. Did you just That's drop St- your gummy worms? Oh, never mind. No, the apple juice. And oh. I didn't do it. She did it because she really wants my gummy worms. And that's, I'm sorry. Not happening. I, the only thing I asked for, I text James at like 1030 last night and I was like, request. Because this is how I always ask for things. And he said yes. 
And I was like, can I just have some gummy worms, sour gummy worms specifically? And I just wanted, you know, like a little bag from the gas station. Mm-hmm. And he brought me a pound and a half of them. So <laughs> he's taking care sure. of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a single worm for Annie. No, because, you know, she can't have them and stuff. She already has your soul anyways. It's fine. And one kidney. You might be promising that other kidney soon enough. No, I'll I'll promise like a spleen or something. Oh, my God. I should have promised her my appendix. Oh, gosh. You could have done that. You can also promise her the finger tornado. Tornado. (laughs) Tornado. (laughs) Tornado later in her life, too. I do. I'm going to tell my grandma, like, hey, if you will out anything to me at all, I don't need the house. I don't need the car. Don't even need money. Just give me the finger tornado. Yeah, that's all I want. Those two little fingers. I I mean, (laughs) I can blame you, but we're going to just breeze right past that. (laughs) Now, the reason Jane was advised to recite those prayers as well as use the holy water weekly was after a physical attack on Jane where she received three scratches. For those of you that don't know, three scratches is a sign of a demonic possession, and it's a mocking of the Holy Trinity. And so, there's that. Later on that year again, in an automatic writing session, the words identified uh, were shown publicly. And now what's interesting about this is there is a woman named Lindy. She was having a conversation. She said it was like an overdue conversation with one of her daughters. And it was kind of like one of those deeper whatever or something that happened. I don't know. But basically her and her daughter were like, we're just going to draw a line under things and move on. Now, during this automatic writing session, the words that came up. Are you ready for these? I don't think so. Completely separate places. Same time, just different. Like Lindy is not involved in this at all. Okay. The automatic writing session, the words that came up with, first one was Lindy. Second one was girl. Third one was explanation. And the final one was draw a line. (laughs) So basically, she's like, I don't know how Peggy knew all of this, but she basically just summarized in a couple words the conversation I had with my daughter. Lindy, girl or daughter explanation draw a line so during that time jane and her team had peggy the team kept a log of all of the evidence and experiences over the two-year period that they have her and these include evps photographs of mysterious shadows and strange light anomalies unexplainable number of deaths amongst animals emf meter readings fluctuations in direct response to questioning a string of independent witness testimonies, uh, shaking chairs during seances, <clears throat> insect infestation while filming. Oh my God. It's okay. Physical scratches. Uh, messages relayed to individuals through automatic writing, like what happened to Lindy, mm-hmm. and it would specify them. Um, unexplainable smells that would just kind of appear and disappear as quickly as they came. Night terrors, disembodied footsteps, extreme changes in temperature, and then they had the continued reports of health concerns following anyone viewing Peggy's photo or videos. Okay, 
I feel like your list, instead of like starting with the worst and going down, it was just like, really sucks, not terrible, really sucks, gets a little less terrible, really sucks. Like, (laughs) I mixed it up for you. I kept thinking we were like almost done and then you just (laughs) add something else and I'm like, oh my God. It doesn't get any better with Peggy, apparently. Now, Jane talks about how there are a lot of productive sessions, what she calls with Peggy. And in one of them, Jane makes a plea to her to stop tormenting strangers that view her pictures and our videos. And it seemed to them that Peggy had maybe not stopped, but decreased the activity at Jane's request. Um, Jane does believe that Peggy doesn't like talking about herself. And the reason Jane says that is because when Jane would try to push to find out more about Peggy, she would feel a lot of resistance and Peggy would fight her on it. And so she was like, okay, so Peggy doesn't want people to know about Peggy. I I can kind of relate to that. You know, some people like, why are you asking all these questions? I mean, why not? Right. Well, get off Peggy's back, man. She's had a hard life. (laughs) She was persecuted guys. Yeah. In one instance, Jane talked about how she's like, Peggy doesn't want people to know about her. And she talks about how, you know, she has a notebook to write down her thoughts and she couldn't find her notebook. After she had talked to her team and been like, yeah, we should probably release some of these notes, type them up, whatever. And all of a sudden she can't find her notebook anywhere. Um, She looks high and low and she later finds it pissed off because I couldn't find where the hell she finds it. But she states that her husband had to use a ladder to retrieve it. Okay. How do you find that? I don't know. (laughs) Like, I just imagine it like just the the very top of it like the very corner just hanging off a rafter in your attic or something like Peggy is pissed she's like that is not what I meant to happen Uh uh-huh you were never supposed to find it but whatever so in I'm sorry to interrupt you but this just occurred to me why not when stuff like that happens not just with Peggy but other ghosts why not just like Poof it into the trash can on trash day or something. Maybe the trash can is too far away for them to poof it into the trash can. Well, you catch it before they take it to the road or something. Or like when it's full. So they don't see it before they take it out. Or you do it when it's empty and they're taking the trash out right then. So like kind of put it in so that they're not expecting it. And then they're going to throw the garbage bag Mm -hmm. in. Like they'll never even know. Or like before I move it to the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think she did it because she's like, you'll find this when I want you to find this. Probably because she was like, I want to show you my powers. Yeah. We talk on my terms. Yeah. So anyways, in 2016, Peggy is featured on an episode of Deadly Possessions. And during this episode, if you guys don't know what Deadly Possessions is, it's basically ghost adventures, but for a specific possession instead of a place. So it's Zach Bacon's. He's still there. He's pretty boy hair and pretty boy jeans and stuff. And during this episode, Zach states he was pretty skeptical of Peggy, but I feel like he says that of everything and then he's not really skeptical. Um, And then he starts talking about Peggy during the filming and all of a sudden there are a bunch of flies swarming him. And for those that don't know, a manifestation of flies is also equal to a demonic possession. It is also equal to the immediate opposite of Prozac. 
because I cannot stand one fly in the house, but an infestation get uh, burn the house down. Well, um, Zach could not build the house down. I do believe um, they film in his museum in Vegas. No. I gotta watch this. That was the cutest yawn I have ever heard. She's so dramatic. Um, season, <laughs> season one, episode three, in case you wanted to see it. Writing that down. Okay, so there's the manifestation of flies. Um, for those of you that also don't know, uh, dolls are one of Zach's phobias, but he has a lot of them. So, Which credit to him for that. Yes. Um, they have camera problems where one camera just cuts out. Like just ran, it's they have cameras over the whole museum, and it's this one specific cuts camera cuts out when they're talking about showing Peggy's face on camera. And uh, Zach has what they call a negative mental effect. Basically, he gets really angry, like how he always does. He's always angry. He's an yeah. angry boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he started getting angry and that type of stuff. Um, they said there's poltergeist activity. I don't remember what it was because I don't remember seeing any poltergeist activity. Um, candles flicker. So they did a seance and there were candle candlings. There were candles fli- flickering behind Those are baby them. Candles. Yeah, candlings. They're just little babies. Yeah. Um, they could hear typewriter noises. And so, of course, now is, uh, Zach is a believer now. Okay. Um, any guesses where Peggy is today? I want to say the bottom of the ocean, but I know that's not true. Is she still in his museum? Yep. So after that, Jane hands over Peggy to Zach. Uh, Part of this is she's like, I've got growing kids. I think it's just time. I've had, I think her kids were like four, five, six. I think she only had two, but they were pretty young at that time. And she said, I don't want this in my house anymore, especially with my kids getting older. And so uh, Zach has her now. Um, so she is on display at his haunted museum. He actually requires people to sign a waiver before they can see her at the museum. She has her own room. Um, she's in a cabinet that are, that have cameras pointing at her permanently. She is in a glass locked box, um, is what that cabinet actually is. There are a couple other haunted dolls in there to keep Peggy company. So she's not alone. Um, and much like with what? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and much like with Robert the doll, you have to be super respectful when visiting Peggy. Say hello, say goodbye, keep your visit short, and basically just don't be a dick to her. Okay. Well, I have one more thing for you. Um, do you want to watch a video with Jane and Peggy the doll? Yeah, let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me share my. Let me pull it up and share my screen real quick. Although I'm also going to make sure she is simultaneously not watching because curse me, cool. Curse my daughter, please don't. Um, yes, I agree with that sentiment. So that's that's Peggy the doll. So we're just gonna add Zach's museum as another place where I'm not allowed to visit. Dad, thank you. Um but ultimately that I mean that's my story. That's Peggy, good old Pegster. Um, I really hope she wasn't like it wasn't any kind of Holocaust thing with her. I hope not, but if she was born in what nineteen forty six, that would have been towards the end, right? Uh-huh. So But it just worries me, like 
I really hope this wasn't like some little girl that died in a gas chamber or something. And if it said it is, she was 19 years old, so I think she would have died at the age of 19. So if she was born in 1946, she would have survived past that. But would it, okay, but is it possible that she was given some kind of medical, you know, asthma from crap they did to her? I have asthma Very from scarring possibly. my lungs, so... God, if yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, if that's the case, then if you want to give me a headache, you know what? Please don't, but I understand why. Yeah. But Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's not Holocaust related either. Um, but there's really nothing else you can say about it. Yeah. So. Either way, like, I'm really sorry you're dead. Please don't haunt me. Okay too late i showed you a picture and a video <laughs> the only one that was involuntary was the picture yeah so Anyways. so i was gonna ask i'm sorry during the uh during the not movie during the clip if people are writing in and saying like she don't want the cross she doesn't like the dress why are you still making this girl wear the cross on the dress i don't know i questioned that too because i was like remove it then but yeah like ask her what her color is what do you want to wear go to the store buy a couple choices like well apparently that's not what's gonna happen so sorry <laughs> peggy we're on your side we want you to have whatever dress you want to have Honestly, like if you want yeah. a potato sack you can have a potato sack i don't care but i can almost guarantee zach Bagans is not going to do anything about it yeah i feel the same way so sorry so sorry about that i can't control him i'm sorry um, your foster dad is being so rude to you he's a dick isn't he i'm sorry maybe he's really great what if we piss her off because she's like no zach is great oh well then i hope he gives you candy and whatever you want filet i hope all. yeah i hope honestly so too. i hope that for everybody yeah so the other note i had is that um Peggy the doll is actually when you go into his the museum's website or whatever, mm -hmm. she is actually on the home page as like a feature. So okay, I don't know if she likes that or not. I don't know, but she's she's on the front page, so I think that's pretty cool. She's a celebrity. She's hot shit. She is. I mean, I thought that beforehand, but mm -hmm. that was just me. All right. Any other questions, comments, concerns, uh, coffee-related puns at all? Well, I guess, uh, no. I can't think of anything. We've run aground. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really failing at this. I haven't even Googled them. <laughs> I well, was, was uh, too busy Googling Zach Bagan's museum. Oh, I could have just sent you the link. Oh, I'm um, already there. It's okay. <laughs> I don't need your dirty, evil link. <laughs> My link is not any different than yours. I don't see her on the homepage, though. She's on the homepage for me. Voted number, west, number one best haunted destination in America. Best Roll down. It's under years. that. Underneath that. You'll see oh, like, the devil's see rocking okay. chair, the funeral. Yeah. And then Peggy the doll. I was expecting to see like at, like Peggy. Oh, but, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's, I meant that she just has her own section. Oh, Which cool. then I get mad because I can't click on it. It makes me think it's a link and it's not. You can't? No. Oh, damn. No, you can't. Yeah, it's bullshit, isn't it? 
It is. Disrespectful. So, to not only us, but to Peggy as well. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about her. I wasn't talking about me. Oh. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, but none of them you can click on. So anyways, well, that's that's that. Uh, thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels podcast, Twitter at Hell on Heels pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Heels podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Hell on Heels podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we're working to release specials for Patreon. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell or force your friends to listen with you. Um, as a reminder, Brie is taking a leave of absence just so she can take care of some personal things that came up and she is planning to return. We're not sure when, so it's just going to be Amanda and I for the time being. Uh, but this has been Hell on Heels podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.